Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome, everybody. You're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study, and we're so glad you could join us. But before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord, and your grace and your mercy to us, Lord. And Lord, we also just thank you that we can be joyful at all times, Lord, and that you give us perfect peace, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that with that perfect peace comes a sense of fulfillment, Lord. We're not searching for something else to fill us up, Lord, but that you're everything that we need, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. Glad to have you with us as we continue to discuss our series on the Lord's house and, most importantly, the Word, right? So we can all be conformed to the image of Jesus the Christ. So, uh, before we begin, I'd just like to ask if you are blessed by this or any of the other messages that you hear on this podcast, that you'd like them. Please subscribe on this and any number of the platforms that you can find a day or prayer at or on, and that you share it with someone else so they too can be blessed, and most importantly, that they have the opportunity to learn and grow in relationship with God. So, that being said, let's get into the Word, shall we? And can I get a volunteer to read in Exodus 28, verses or reread, I should say. Exodus 28, verses 15 through 30, please. I will. All right, promise. You shall make the breastplate of judgment, artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod, you shall make it of gold, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and fine woven linen, you shall make it. It shall be doubled into a square, a span shall be its length, and a span shall be its width. You shall put settings of stones in it, four rows of stones, the first first round shall be sardist shall be shall be a sardist sardis, a topaz and an emerald emerald. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be a turquoise, a sapphire and a diamond. The third row a jackheath, an agate and an armaneist. And the fourth row a pearl, an onyx and a jasper. There shall be set in gold settings, and the stone shall be have the names of the sons of Israel, twelve according to the names, like the engravings of insignia, each one with its own name. There shall be according to the five tribes. You shall make chains for the breastplate at the end, like braided cords of pure gold. And you shall make two rings of gold for the breastplate, and put two rings on the two ends of the breastplate. Then you shall put the two braided chains of gold and the two rings, which are on the ends of the breastplate, and the other two ends of the two braided chains you shall fasten to the two settings, and put them on the shoulder straps of the ephod in the front. You shall make two rings of gold and put them on the two ends of the breastplate, on the edge of it, which is the inner side of the ephod, and two other rings of gold you shall make it, and put them on the two shoulder straps underneath the ephod toward its front right at the seam yeah right at the seam above the intricately woven band of the ephod 
They shall bind the breastplate by the means of its rings to the rings of the ephod using a blue cord, so that is above the intricately woven, woven band of, of the ephod, so that the breastplate does not come loose from the ephod. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before mem, memori- memorial memorial before yes, the Lord. Okay. As memorial before the Lord continually, and you shall put it in the breastplate of judgment, you, and you shall put in the breastplate of judgment the urim and the thyum, and you shall be, and they shall be over most Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord. So Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel over his heart before the Lord continually. Mm-hmm. Um. For for everyone, it is the Urim and the Thummim. Okay? You stay. Um, we haven't gotten to that yet. All right, there's a lot in here. But um, I just wanted to say as, as you were reading this, or as I have been reading this, um, what, what I was reminded of was actually Joseph, right? And typically hear about Joseph in the coat of many colors, right? Yes. And um, I was actually reminded of this ephod and and the breastplate, right? Um, you know, at least when I grew up, it was kind of taught it was this almost rainbow-colored garment. But uh, as I was thinking, I'm not saying it wasn't, right? All I'm saying is, as, as a you know, we're reading this and discussing it, what need does a farmer or Right of whether it's goats or or sheep or you know even one that's planting crops have to wear all these brightly colored clothes that are intricately woven. Right, it's typically plain colors, right? Yes. Browns or um, whites or you know to to keep some of the heat off people. Right, and 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 I I bring that up because <clears throat> even David, right. He would wear a linen ephod, right? It was just a desire of his, right? Yes. Um, yes. So something he clothed himself in. Um, and you kind of see this, well, if, if David did it, then it has to be somewhere else. So like I said, uh, I was just reminded of Joseph. And, um, you know, again, the desire is that, uh, I think the Lord's desire is that we would all reflect his nature, his character, right? And that's what we've been talking about here. And through this, but um, that being said, I want to open up the floor to each of you. Um, so I <laughs> spoke for a long time in the last podcast, but the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to each of you. So I want to give you the opportunity to share what He's saying, and of course, to ask any questions that you have. I know we haven't gone through the entirety of the the text of the Scripture yet, but that's okay because there's a lot that He wants to say in and through you guys. So, who'd like to begin? I will. All right, I promise. Okay, first, Lord's talking to me about and how Revelation you're ta- Revelation you're talking about. There's the east gate, the north, the mm-hmm. east gate, the north gate, the west gate, and the south gate. Yes. And so the Lord remind me if that's how the children of Israel's tents were mm-hmm. lined up. Exactly. And the tabernacle was inside the middle, and the Lord showed me that He always He always represents it in some sort of way. 
and he's never good. What do you mean by represent some sort? How it was structured and how he had the children of Israel set up camp? Yes. And he was the center? Yes. Amen. All right, continue. And then the Lord showed me that he doesn't, whenever he's showing a plan, he's not going to go suddenly, oh, yeah, this is going to happen. Like with Abraham, he said, but with Lot, he wasn't at the last moment fire and brimstone was coming down. He wasn't going to send an angel to go, oh, Lot, you got to get out of the city right now because there's fire and brimstone. He did before that happened. Hmm. So you're saying he loves us enough that he will take care of us and has already provided the way beforehand. Not, oh, I forgot about you. Let me get you out now, quickly, right? Yes. Okay, yes. Our God is a God of details. He planned everything before even the foundations of the earth were laid. Right? Yes. Okay. In great detail. And there's no detail that has escaped our God. Every exacting detail. He is a God of details. Everyone has importance and significance to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Why do you think he says even in his word, not one jot or tittle shall pass? And I don't know if anyone of the listeners has looked at or studied, you know, Hebrew writing. There are a lot of jot and tittles that you don't see in the in the regular writing, the modern day, right? But in biblical Hebrew, there are an awful lot of them, and each one has different, uh, as it pertains to pronunciation and all those things. Not one will be done away with, right? Which is incredible. So every exacting detail matters. So, um, thank you, sir. Do you have anything else you want to share? Or that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about? Yes. Okay. We'll share it, please. And again, what Laura remind me of was sometimes if a trespass is coming, sometimes the, the person gives a warning shot. Okay. And how the, how the Lord's like, like that with us, that when we're trespass, trespassing, going the wrong direction, the Lord goes, hey, look at this. You need to go back on this route. You need to get back on the road. I like it. Hmm. Okay, so you're saying the Lord provides instruction to keep us safe? Yes. Mm-hmm. But there's also that we have a role in that? Yes. Right? And that, what he said with Job? And yes. in other places, right? David says that the Lord is our tall tower, strong tower that we can run to, right? Our shield and buckler. And the difference, in case you don't know, is the size, right? Yes. There's a shield that you can have for battle, but a buckler is a huge shield that covers the entire body, right? But he also says that he's our hedge of protection, which is what the devil described in Job. You've placed a hedge of protection around him and all his, all that he has, all his belongings, all his stuff. Okay, what else? It then the Lord is showing me that with the breastplate and how it's made with all with the same stuff as the ephod, the Lord is showing me that with the gold, how it's very malleable, and how the Lord is showing me that the Lord's never gonna make it a burden. 
like for example, if you have a grill brush and you try to rub it against your skin, it's going to cut it. And so the Lord showed me that he was, he was careful about every single detail. And also, he cared about our comfort. Mm-hmm. Long before we even knew we had need of it or what comfort was, yes? Yes. Okay. What else? That was it. Okay. And what else? Okay. Oh, set. <laughs> oh, go ahead, honey, honey. Okay. I do want to share this real quick. Um, we were looking at the breastplate of judgment. Mm-hmm. And... When I hear judgment, I might be strange in this, but I get excited. I cheer because I'm on the right side of judgment. So (laughs) That's it. Um, In Christ, we have been given a a verdict of not guilty. When we accept Jesus and we come under the blood and we partake of that covenant with him, the verdict every time that's on our hands, on our side is not guilty. We have an advocate with the Father. What is he doing? He's saying, nope, my blood is applied to this one. So when the accuser of the brethren comes, who does not cease to accuse us before our God day and night, when the accuser shows up or any um, adversary or Satan or minion devils and all that show up to, uh, to um, try to steal, kill and destroy, the advocate that we have with the father goes, no, no, you can't touch that one. The blood's there. And he's like, oh, man, like swiper from Dora. I just want to say. But it also reminds me of, uh, does anybody remember um, Balaam? Yes. Yes. And what did Balaam, what was his task? To curse the children of Israel. All right. So let's look at Numbers 23. Um, And there's a a particular verse here that is significant. Uh, Actually, there's many verses here that are significant but um balaam has been balaam is a prophet of the lord start the way he started out and someone came and offered him a lot of money to curse israel because the person saw that israel was so blessed and they were increasing and they were god had given them the land it was assured and the man was looking for other options um to counter israel and god told balaam don't you speak outside of what I tell you concerning them. And so I'm going to read to you Numbers 23, and I'm going to start in verse 18. It says, Then he took up his oracle and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Listen to me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord, his God, is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. So the key highlight in that is verse 21. He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. Did that mean that they had never committed a sin? No. No, No, because there's sin nature. But it means that the deck, the verdict that was judged on their behalf was not guilty. So that breastplate of judgment reminded me of when God, when God saw them and what God sees us, he sees not guilty. He sees the righteousness of God, as you pointed out, my love, in Christ Jesus. And that's the banner that we stand under. Now, when we look a little bit further in the story of um, Balaam 
and Balak wanting them to be cursed, Balaam said, I can't do this because God has already spoken for them. But if I can get them to engage in iniquity and I'll teach you how to do this, Balak, then they'll fall because they have turned their back on their God. So you see that? Yes. The, the accountability that we've been talking about and the responsibility that we have, just like the, the high priest, mm-hmm. put the garments on that you've been told to wear, um, purify and cleanse yourself like you've been told to do, come in and approach properly and, and maintain the covenant that God has asked you to, to maintain, and God has got you. He is on your side. But when you forsake your responsibility and you turn your back, now the adversary has an open doorway. Now he's got a foothold. God was not going to turn his back and curse them. But if Balaam could teach Balak how to teach the children of Israel to partake in iniquity, he was going to get his answer. Does everybody see that? Yes. yes. That makes sense. So we have a verdict, not guilty. And for the, the children of God, I mean, and the, the people, the, the body of Christ that have part, come under the blood of the new covenant, and remain not guilty, not guilty, not guilty is always going to be the verdict for you. Keep the adversary under your feet. Maintain your abode. Be glad yes. and appreciate who you are in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I want to say stomp on his head, but I'll say <laughs> reign and rule over sin in the name of Jesus. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> the Charles, back to you. <laughs> okay. Promise having to get one of the points I was going to make about the tents and how they were a direct rough... Um, it's okay. Just share with the, with the Lord speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Even if it, it may build off of something that was said, right? But that's yes. okay. It, it's a safeguard for everyone. Okay. Yes. So, what the Lord was talking to me um, about now was that with the um, ephod, and He brought me to First Kings, First uh, Kings fourteen, verse twenty-five. That's where we'll start. And I'll read it. It happened in the sixth, sixth. It happened in the fifth month of King Rehoboam that Shikshak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. He take away all the treasures of the house of the Lord and and the treasures of the king's house. He took away everything. He also took away all the gold shoes which Solomon had made. Okay, and what the Lord wanted me to refer to here is that with that passage of scripture and what we know about the ephod, it was a very beautiful, uh, I'd say, design. It was precious, you could say, because of all the stones inside of it and how the Lord was relaying that to us here and how the world they see the things that work that the lord tells us to do and they desire to have it but they refuse to try to include the lord and that goes back to a previous podcast that we had done about how mommy had been saying and mr dean or saying how the world always says man how can the lord do such a thing like this but if it's something good it's always man did this and how the lord is showing me showing me that all the ideas and concepts that the Lord gives us, they are meant to be applied to him. And they are useful. They will produce wealth and stuff. They're not for us to barely be scraping by. Um, like you had said with Jesus, he wasn't poor. He, 
if at will he could produce gold out of a fish's mouth, well, he was it's not, he was following the instructions of the Father, right? Yes. Everything in creation is the Father's. Yes. Right? Everything. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm. And he reaps where he didn't sow and gathers where he hasn't scattered. Yes. Right? He, I mean, when he says that, he's saying it to the wicked servant, the one that only had one mina, not the ten or the five. The one that only had the one knew those things about the Lord, right? Yes. So it's not just about wealth and prosperity in that sense, right? But let's look at even the children of Israel. When they (coughs) clung to the Lord, right? Yes. When they removed sin and iniquity from themselves, the camp, their lives, Starts with has to start with me, right? And my own life has to begin with me, right? And yes. it expands out to the family, right? What Joshua say? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And when everyone was doing that, the Lord blessed them in every way you could imagine. Not just prosperity in the sense of wealth, but their lives. But that's also part of the the spiritual laws that you see in Leviticus 26 and in Deuteronomy 28, right? The short yes. version, or the first 14, 12 to 14 verses, uh, I believe it's 12 for Leviticus 26, and I think it's 14 verses for Deuteronomy 28, mm-hmm. is the short version is, if, if our ways are pleasing to the Lord, if we're just walking in obedience because of we love Him, everything our hand touches prospers. Everything. Yes. But then there's a a lot of verses that discuss the opposite. If our ways are not pleasing the Lord, if we choose to practice sin, wickedness, iniquity, right, and, and walk in those those ways, it eats up all those things. Yes. So, um, I just, I want to encourage you, sir. I'll say it in this way. Talk about the full context, not just one aspect. Okay? Yes. All right. And how what the Lord showed me is that with the wisdom that he gives us, he, he means for us to apply and have all the blessing that he has for us. It's not for us just to say, okay, Lord, that's a good idea, but I'm not going to put it to work. Like when you and Mommy tell us stuff, you say, I want you to go and apply it, not just nodding and agreeing with me in the moment, but then no fruition or no actions correlate to what you're saying. Same is mm-hmm. true here. It is the actual putting into play what the lord has told us that we receive the true blessing and the only true blessing is as we've been describing as we talked about in a previous um podcast is doing what he told us to do you can practice or try to do as many things wrong but they won't produce the same effects as what the lord would do and how the lord showing me that even in the moment it may appear that something's working better than what the lord's saying to do but in the end, it's always the Lord's thing that um, prevails. Amen. And that's true of everything the Lord says, right? Yes. If it worked in one area of our life, it'll work in every area of our life. Because He only intends to bless us. But we have to trust Him. Right? And then yes. prove ourselves faithful or demonstrate to Him that He can trust us. Right? Yes. yes. Who else? 
has something to share? Or do you have more to share, sir? Mm. Oh, yes. And what I also found interesting is how when we look at the how the camp was set up and how there was three on each side of the tabernacle and how it was in the center, and the Lord showed me that that also relates to our life and how Jesus has to be the center of every action we do. Mm-hmm. And how you have been saying that is to look, seek first the kingdom and then all these things will be added. It's not seek all these things and maybe you can grab the kingdom if there's some, still some time left after you're done having what you want. That's not how it works. It's go to the Lord and he will add all these things. Like how we were saying with the worldly perspective of, oh man, just grab all you want and man, you can have the life. But that produces nothing. If you look at it, all those people are empty and hollow. They have no sense of fulfillment in their life. The same is true with us if we refuse to acknowledge Christ and do what he's telling us to do. And what putting Jesus in the center is being obedient. People who actually hold somebody in a high esteem follow what they're saying. They say, okay, I know, I think you're so wise. I'm going to put into effect what you're telling me to do. Why wouldn't it be any different with the Lord? If we have a true perspective of, okay, Lord, you're my role model, the person I guide myself and look to when I reflect and look at my own life, why would we not apply what he's telling us to apply this, <coughs> apply in the way he's telling us to apply it? Mm. But that, that also goes for every instruction he's given us, right? Yes. Apply everything he's telling you, not parts of the different instructions he's giving you yes again he only purposes to bless your you and your life and build you up never to tear you down right yes Yes. only um every good and perfect thing comes from above from the father of lights right and whom there's no deviation or shadow of turning he's not good and evil he doesn't bless and curse we open ourselves up to that when we are in opposition to him, right? Yes. Um, and, right, uh, your mother was talking about judgment. Yes. Okay. So there's there's two elements after. We're told to judge ourselves or examine ourselves, right? Yes. And we're also told in Scripture not to judge one another, Right. Even Jesus said, I didn't come to judge. It was the only person that can judge and will judge at the appointed time, right? Yes. But Jesus also said, but if I do judge, my judgment is true. And why is that? Because he only does what the Father's telling him to do. Only says what the Father says and only does what the Father does. Same thing is said about the Holy Spirit. Same thing is said was said about Moses, right? And yes. also, he says it in Isaiah 58, talking about the priests. And how they should serve, right? Yes. Doesn't say or do their own initiative, right? Yes. Okay. But we're also a kingdom of kings and priests, right? Yes. Um, And Romans 14, 13 says in this way, Let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Right? Um. If we back up to verse 10, right, he asks us why we judge our brother, right? Yes. Well, if we get down to the core of that, 
typically to make our, us feel better about ourselves, right? Yes. And it's in natural terms. Um, right, but we're told throughout Scripture, Second um, Corinthians 5, um, 9 and 10, right? There we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. We, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Right? Yes. yes. So we should examine ourselves, whether our ways are pleasing to the Lord or not. Right? That was, that was Jesus' as our pattern example. His desire was to be pleasing to the Father. Right? And he yes. exemplified all the ways in which the Father was pleased. Right? Yes. He instructed us of those things. My Father is pleased by this. Right? That you go and bear much fruit. Well, it's hard to bear fruit if we're creating stumbling blocks in front of people or for people. Yes. Right? Yes. But again, back to this, this breastplate, it is the fullness of Christ, right? As high priest, as king, as our savior, and as the son of God working in and through us in our lives. Us being aligned and fitted perfectly, right, as living stones within the kingdom. Exemplifying Christ in our lives. Yes. He's the pattern example. We have to bring ourselves, humble ourselves and bring ourselves in submission to him and his will and his ways. That is the only way we can stand confident in him in the day of judgment. He yes. intends, he purposes, he, he told us about this from the beginning, right? That he was going to, he made a way or had already made a way. And we saw how it was lived out through Christ for us to be forgiven, for us to come back into alignment and to be restored to the heavenly community. Yes. That is the purpose of all of this, to cleanse the heavenly community. It's a choosing ground. And we, if we intend to go to his heaven, we have to choose him. We have to walk in his way. And that should be demonstrated throughout every area and aspect of our life. And it can only be done in and through him. There is no way we can accomplish this of our own will or our own power. It's not a surface thing. It is at the very core. It has to be from the heart, right? Yes. Hence the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Right? Yes. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The desire is that all should come. Or he wishes, he wills that none should perish. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. Well, we shouldn't want anyone to perish either. I don't want anyone to go to hell. I want them all to come into the fullness of everything the Lord has for them. Because it's only meant for their good and to bless and benefit them. So, there's a lot said there, so let's pause there for today. And um, with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today and for your goodness, Lord, and your character and your nature, Lord. And we thank you that we can be called children after your name, Lord. We thank you for grafting us in, Lord, and bringing us into your kingdom, Lord, making us sons and daughters, Lord. And we just thank you for who you are, Lord. 
And we thank you for our listeners and our partners, Lord, that you, and we ask that you bless them, Lord, and that you keep them in their ways, Lord, that you bring them into your kingdom, God, that you continue to exalt them in the sight of their peers, Lord, that you cause their enemies to be at peace with them, Lord, and you cause them to prosper in the land that you brought them to, God. So we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a Day of Prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Thank you Have for a listening day. to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.